We have a lot of respect for people who practice different religions, and our purpose with this podcast is to simply identify and deconstruct problematic evangelical ideologies. Oh, hi there. I'm Candice. I was just working on situating my lived experience into a salient critique of ideology. Let's see if this thing works. Whoa, whoa, whoa! It seems like it needs a little more work. But that's the exciting part, because you never know what you'll discover along the way. But don't take my word for it. Why don't you come along for today's adventure in ideology? Welcome to Adventures in Ideology. This is a show where we listen to and discuss the radio drama Adventures in Odyssey, created by Focus on the Family. This show started airing in 1986 and is still running today. If you were raised evangelical, you are probably familiar with it, and if you are not, this will be a wild ride. Adventures in Odyssey was created with the express purpose of indoctrinating children and reinforcing Christian values and teachings inside people's homes, and it was and is highly effective. We listened to and loved this show growing up, and now we are listening with a more discerning ear to identify and deconstruct the problematic ideas that are being seeded into children's minds. We also examine how these ideas were played out in our own lives. We're excited you're here. Hi. Welcome hey. to the show. Uh, I'm Candice. And I'm Karis. And our special guest today is Stephen from Androids and Assets. Welcome, Stephen. Hello. Welcome back. Yeah, so excited to be here. We brought Stephen in because this is a history episode. This is a history episode about uh, the American War for Independence. The title of this episode is The Day Independence Came. And Come it did. Come it did. (laughs) Independence, that is. Arriving. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. feeling when you have a guy on your podcast and he just makes a sex joke right out the gate <laughs> i mean if he didn't i was going to so i'm glad i'm glad someone did <laughs> uh so this episode was originally aired july 2nd 1988 and here is uh the quick description of the episode erwin springer a middle schooler interested in history falls when trying to get a book and imagines that he visits the American Revolution and witnessed the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Initial thoughts before jumping into the episode? I'll be honest, I was super lost because history stuff, I don't know, I just don't. Especially when it was all the dudes talking, I couldn't figure out who was who. I think it's also... Like two voice actors doing all. Of the <laughs> yeah, doing voices. like four voices. Yeah. Well, it's Amer- it's American history, so it's not something. Right. In Canada, we're not as deeply indoctrinated with it in school as they are in the states. Right. Um. So I think if you're American, this would be a very clear. What's going on would be very clear. Yeah. But you are not. Right. We we are so, not. I yep. understood this episode mostly because I've seen Hamilton. Okay, yeah, I haven't seen Hamilton yet. Okay, that's my basically my framework comes from having watched Hamilton. So we'll see that's how well beautiful. I do. Stephen is the one who actually has studied history, so we can test I will our say... no knowledge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I will say that the music is really fun for this episode. It's so peppy. It's it is, yeah. Yeah, it's the kind of music you grab a gun and kill a man <laughs> if you're in the 18th century. Is this the kind of music they would have played? Yeah, oh. it's all like the pipe and the drum, and they're just fucking bayoneting each other. Did they have people playing music on the battlefield? Yeah, it was how they communicated orders. Oh. So actually, like they would have drummers, oh. and they would be like, so if you had to go forward, it'd be like advance, dun da da dun da da. I knew there was drummers. Or, yeah, but, but there was, was also there pipe like... bands, and they had like the whole thing. Yeah. So your job in the military could be to be a musician. Yeah, and that real, was actually very was important. Legitimate job until until you got overwhelmed, in which case you put down your pipe and you threw your sword and you went to like. What they didn't just like stick bayonets on the ends of their instruments so they could <laughs> <laughs> bayonet on your on your flute. Yeah. Well, maybe I don't know. Swing I it around. Flash <laughs> <laughs> some throats while yeah. you're. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. 
Hmm. Good thing you knew to go for the throat, because you know when he, if it gets jammed in the ribs, you can't get it out again. Oh, now I know. There goes a perfectly good. I just thought your flo- your flute is going to be up that high. That's true. It's that was my. It was more area. related to like yeah. the height of your where your flute is going to be more than any actual thought about where it would get jammed in your body. Just like tape a knife to the end of it or something. So That's what I was just... thinking. Yeah, or yeah. weld. They could weld. Yeah, yeah. Might change the sound of your instrument a little bit, but what is that? That's fine. What does that matter in the face of? Being able to kill Murdering. someone and continue yeah. playing. <laughs> right. Multitasking. Yeah. This is the original one-man band. I mean, it, it sounds like there was lots of men in the bands. I mean, also, that's true. Yeah. These were large men-numbered bands. Yeah. That was dumb. Was the music also... <laughs> it's fine. It's I mean, it's usually near the beginning of the episode that I'm told I'm dumb, so... Oh. <laughs> I have to cut it out so I don't look so mean. Uh, no. <laughs> no, I want you to look mean, Candace. I want people to understand the trauma. Well, I'm I in charge of with. the editing, so. Uh-huh. Oh, that's true, yeah. <laughs> Damn. Um, Thwarted well, again. Steven's in charge of the editing. I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, shall we give a rundown of the episode? Yes. Okay. So the okay, exoplot is the 4th of July. Chris is watching some fireworks. And then one of them is a musical firework. And when it explodes, it starts playing the intro music for the episode. Open on, wit's end. A young man named Erwin Springer is talking about how much he, well, he's doing history trivia with Wit and Tom and talking about how much he loves the Revolutionary War. And then he starts saying that there were so many heroes, Washington, Adams, and Nathan Hale. And Wit tells him that he has a book on Benjamin Franklin for him on a shelf in the Bible room. He put it away so the kids wouldn't touch it. So Erwin goes to get it, and it's up on a high shelf, so he has to grab a chair. He becomes unstable on the chair and falls down and gets hit in the head with the book and goes unconscious. And then when he wakes up, he's in a forest. And he's like, where am I? Um, he hears someone calling to him and there's like guns in the distance and he hears someone shouting rebels and someone is like, Hey, over here. They hide in the bushes and some red coat soldiers approach, um, and him and this just stranger who called to him are trying to figure out how to get out of the situation. Um, and Erwin spots a wasp's nest above the soldiers. So they, his new friend throws a rock and hits it. And then they laugh because it lands on the redcoats, um, which they call lobster backs, which I thought was an interesting insult. And How? The, the lobster backs run away. But then the wasps turn on them, too. It was, you know, they should have realized. <laughs> so they run away <laughs> and they dive into a lake. And then after they escape from the bees, they do their interruption. Inter- interruptions their introductions <laughs> and it turns out his new friend is nathan hale and erwin is starstruck and, and nathan hale's like what you've heard of me and he's like who hasn't heard of you uh, and karis put in the notes i haven't sorry yeah. I- <laughs> it's like who's nathan hale who is this person he's a, he's, he's a man who dies yeah so, uh, six months from now no three months from now since July, so right. Um, so July in September. So it turns out he has arrived in 1776, just outside New York, and Nathan Hale takes him to the camp of the Continental Army. And this whole time, Erwin is like, "Oh wow! Oh wow!" He's just so giddy and excited. They get to the camp, and he's like, "Oh wow! I can't believe I'm in the camp of the Continental Army." Oh wait, of the col- wait. Colonial? Army? I know they say continental in one, and then colonial in the next, and I was super it, confused. It, it means the same thing, right? Okay. So, like, basically, like, so it's like the Continental Congress, but they're colonies on they're colonies on the new continent, right? Oh, right. Okay. So, gotcha. You know, um, so it's interesting because the reason they make the big distinction about redcoats is because the people who, because technically at this point they're all one country, right? They're British subjects. And their enemies are British subjects under King George right. III. 
right? So they're all one army. But the people who wear the red shirts are from our British regulars, our, our British army regulars. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's, and then Wait, they are, are they red, in, sh- red coats? Red coats. Aren't red shirts from Star Trek? Yes. They're like the disposable crew member? Yeah, because they wear red coats. And, they're, they're the British Army. They're the British Army. Regulars, right, gotcha. But they're all part of the same army, technically. Okay. Right, because they're all British subjects. Yeah, and they're all right, there gotcha. to colonize Europe. the new continent. The new continent. Right. Yeah. Which is, that's why I was confused, because I was like, wouldn't the red coats be the colonial? Yeah, because they're like, they're Britain's continental army. But they're both, yeah. yeah. Got it. Okay. Um Gotcha. Irwin gets introduced to George Washington and he's like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. And George Washington is like, oh, wow. Is that some sort of Indian greeting? So we looked it up and it turns out the word wow was first used in 1513. So they would have known wow. (laughs) That's so interesting. (laughs) Yeah. It was in the first dictionary ever compiled. Wow. The first English dictionary, which has not yet been compiled at this time. Like 18. 95, I think. Okay. The first first Oxford English Dictionary. So then Washington says, oh, well, we were all going to, we were all just about to go pray, uh, unless you don't pray. And Erwin's like, yes, sir, I'm a Christian. And they're they're like, a patriot and a Christian too. There's no better combination. And this is kind of the first very clear civic religion moment in this episode. Yeah. Um, and it's it's very apparent all the way through. Yeah, it kind of beats us over the face with it as yeah. you go through the episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we get it. Christianity is the religion of the country. Um, yeah, and if you are a Christian in America, then your God is America. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They bring up a lot of really interesting theological stuff later on when they're talking about God supporting. Yes, that's that's a fun. We'll get there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the prayer that they say was very interesting. That General Washington says was very interesting. So I'm going to read that. He says, "Oh, most glorious God, I acknowledge and confess my faults in the weak and imperfect performance of the duties of this day. Direct my thoughts, words, and work. Daily frame me more and more into the likeness of Thy Son, Jesus Christ." Do you think that is an accurate thing someone would pray then? Did we have... Okay, I recently learned that this whole idea of like a personal relationship with Jesus was a more recent emergence. I don't know. I don't know about what George Washington's religion was, per se. Um, But like, I don't know. This doesn't... Like, the one thing says they were, generally speaking... The Americas were famous for being homes to non-Anglicans, right? Because right. they were these were people right. who had left England because they didn't conform to English society in some way, and often that was because they were part of a brethren Christianity, which is like is uh, it like Hutterites? No, no, they're more like like the Puritans. Like they were they were kind of like very particular. Is that okay. Anglican version of the Reformation? Like, is they, that different than like Mennonite? Though, yeah, I mean, there there's like crossover. Puritan, yeah, there's crossover with Mino. Like Minos and like all and Hutter and all those guys like yeah. in Germany. It's hard. This is hard for me because I want to go into a whole bunch of places. Yeah. Um. But like we don't care that much. Yeah. But what's yeah. what's what's pertinent <laughs> is I don't think this wording is completely unbelievable. Okay. So then Irwin says, "I didn't realize how much Jesus really meant to you." And Washington is like, "And what of you? Do you hold those truths in your heart?" I'm not sure what truths. I think that that you want to be more like Jesus. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Oh, here we go. And this is like the million dollar line of the episode. Erwin says, Mm -hmm. well, I guess I never really thought about it before. I mean, I've read about it and everything, but until now, I never realized how God really does rule countries. And he is in control of everything that happens to them. So, yes, sir, I do hold these truths in my heart. Ah! (laughs) You got some (laughs) rage. Where do you begin? I don't know. We'll come back to it. We, okay. We can't, we can't do this. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because there's more. There's more that comes I later I know. On. There's so many. I'm just going to like highlight it so we don't forget to come yep. back to it. Deal. Because it's... Worse okay. we'll or come better. Back. <laughs> <laughs> so then Washington enlists him to carry a message to what the 
Congress? To the Continental Congress. To the Congress. Yeah. And Hale has to go back to New York. And Irwin is like, no, don't go. You'll be caught. And Hale says, if I'm caught, I'll be hanged. But if that is the Lord's will, who am I to stand in the way? I only regret that I have but one life to lose for my country. Spoiler, he does get caught and hanged. And yeah. that's actually the line he says at his hanging. Yes. But it's actually, he, yeah. he didn't come up with it. He's quoting a play. Oh, what play? About Cato. Oh. It was a very popular play, I guess, like uh, at the time. I read this on Wikipedia. I didn't know this. It, it's a line from uh, Joseph Addison's play titled Cato. And Joseph Addison is an English poet and essayist and a pretty big wig. And I. <laughs> uh, what do you mean by wig? That is a member of the Whig, Whig political party. The Wobbly? The Whigs. No, the Whigs. What's they a are, wig? They were a political party. They were a political party and they are like a very central to the development of lib the political ideology of liberalism. Okay. So. Uh, and so there's like so in the in the British Parliament of the day there was Whigs and Tories. So Whigs this and he was a British playwright. Yeah, I mean they're all in a certain respect British. Like Nathan I mean, yes. Nathan, Nathan Hale was born in the colonies, but he yeah. was born to very English Puritan. I mean I believe Nathan Hale's grand Nathan, one of Nathan Hale's forebears was like a judge at the Salem witch trials. I think it was like an elder. Whoa like a brethren elder at the at the Salem witch trials and things like that. So, you know, like they're, they're not, not English. Let's put it that way. They all hated <laughs> women. Yeah. Yeah. If they have that in common. They all. Yeah. Which okay. Nathan Hale, interesting guy. <laughs> Quarter okay. of place. Um, the movies of the time. <laughs> yeah, they were. <laughs> if he was alive today, he would have a movie podcast. I won't speculate. <laughs> if Nathan Hale was alive today, he'd have a QAnon podcast. Oh, dear God. <laughs> oh, man. That's my theory. He would be QAnon. Okay. <laughs> Maybe he is. That's a fun conspiracy theory okay. that we should disseminate. Let's move okay. on. Um, so Irwin <laughs> rides on horseback from New York to Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Um, it's about 200 miles. And it just kind of is like... He just starts riding and then he's there, <laughs> but it would take days, which was just kind of yeah. funny. He would likely not survive as a person who'd never been on a horse or had to camp survive by in the yes, yeah. camp in the 19th century or in the 18th century style. <laughs> um, <laughs> Unable probably to make a fire or do any of yeah. nothing. But I think let's remember this is just a delusion in his mind. Yes, so yeah, yeah. it probably doesn't matter. So he's, they also he's, don't clarify how long it is in the episode. No, they don't. They Do they? Just kind of fade no. out, yeah. and then they're... We looked, yeah. I, we looked that up because I was curious. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. Okay, so he gets to the Pennsylvania State House, and he goes in and sees someone who looks like Mr. Whitaker and tells me as a, that he has a message from General Washington. And there are some people... He doesn't want to interrupt the people talking, but Mr. Whitaker person, who is actually Benjamin Franklin, is like, oh, they're always talking. Let's... And he just interrupts them and is like, listen, everybody, this young gentleman has arrived with a message from General Washington. And then Irwin reads, well, he reads part of the and message. Don't worry about interruptions. <laughs> They're going to interrupt him a million times. So Irwin starts reading this letter. General Howe is going to strike at us. We're short on anything. We're ready to fight based, but we're waiting the outcome of your decision for or against independence. And then it kind of launches into this. Uh, debate between Adams and Dickinson. Adams is pro-independence and Dickinson is anti- Is anti-independence. Um, Stephen wanted me to go through this part and say it as I understood it so that then he can go through and tell me how wrong I am. <laughs> so. No, like, I just, well, like, what, like, when you were asking me about, like, what are the sides? Okay, well. And so I was like, maybe we should do this at the end because you were like, what are the sides here? And then, like, but I think you actually have a pretty good. Yeah, you know, like, well, I like, have seen Hamilton. Sure. Yeah. So okay. <laughs> I think I have a pretty good grasp of I mean, the American War of Independence. I, we talked. We we talked about it, and you mean you got the basic facts. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that was um, Alexander Hamilton. That's all I know. Who's who's not here right now? Because he's not. He's not. Yeah. He's not even part of this. Yeah. Yeah. No, he wants to be in the room where it happens. Adams is like, the king isn't so great. He has amassed 30,000 troops to attack his own colony. And Dickinson 
is like, well, we rebelled against him. He's just trying to discipline us. And Adams is like, have you forgotten the cause for which we fight? Taxation without representation and the oppression of our citizens. Uh, and Dickinson is like, unlike you, I cannot so easily remove myself from the most powerful empire on the earth. We have no hope of winning. Better to live Englishmen than to... Oh, better live Englishmen than dead patriots. So basically, Dickinson is like, we should not fight the British for independence. We should just keep things as they are. He's anti this war. I don't know what his stance on war in general is, but he's anti this war. And then Franklin pipes in and he's like, there are many who say that to live under English rule is to be dead. Dickinson is like, does this cause merit sending our troops to certain defeat against such overwhelming numbers? So I was, I wanted to know what the numbers actually were. So we looked them up because 30,000 troops didn't seem like that much to me. Right. Um, and so we found out that the whole Continental Army would had 200,000, over 200,000 troops. Um, but they could, what, okay. they could kind of get 15,000 at a battle? To, to a battle was that the yeah i think that was that was what that was what google said that's yeah. what google told us yeah which you know seems tracks so it would have been two to one well okay yeah maybe well but i i don't know why they couldn't get like more people to a battle well they're they're not yeah because they're not and it's like the everyone's entire armies aren't all together so it's not like it would be thirty thousand troops at one it, battle it was thirty thousand at boston Oh, at so so when we talk about later, we're gonna talk about the real letter, yeah. The actual the, the the June letter, the June letter to Congress yeah. that Washington actually writes. Not this one that he. Not this one that's made up. Oh, okay. Yeah, not this one that's fake. But we're gonna talk about the real June letter. Okay, well you Washington. heard it here. The letter okay. from the episode of Adventures in Odyssey is made up. It's not the real one. <laughs> A letter didn't dramatically arrive on the day of the signing of the Declaration of Independence that said, "Hey, are you going to sign the Declaration of Independence?" Hurry up, we're waiting. <laughs> um. So then, anyway, well, I feel so point, deceived. At this point, Irwin <laughs> pipes up. He's like, "You won't be defeated. You're gonna win. I promise." And then the president, John Hancock, is like, pipe down. Nobody asked you, basically. So then Franklin, Benjamin Franklin, is like, the cause of freedom merits any price, Mr. Dickinson. And as for myself, this great force only spurs my belief that we must strengthen our unity, not weaken it. We must all hang together, or most assuredly, we will all hang separately. Which is a famous line that he said. Um... Was it a famous line that he said in this context, or no. they just pulled it into I, this context? I'm not sure. Maybe, okay. Maybe he said it in reference to. The, he might have said it in reference to the signing of the Declaration, but I. I don't. I didn't have to. I didn't. It. I didn't go and like look up the the etiology of all of these things. But what? It's like a, it's yeah. It it but it's definitely like a greatest hits. Like, yeah. Yeah. This is album. a greatest hits. Yeah. <laughs> what I thought when I was listening to this is that it's like the terminator movies you know where in every movie they have to like say the same lines like come with me if you want to live and, mm-hmm. and, i'll um, be back i'll be back yeah yeah awesome, <laughs> England. yeah yeah this is like the terminator version of american history yeah yeah just the highlights yeah <laughs> um and then oh here's another good line Adam says, of what concern is the size of the enemy? Have we forgotten the remarkable intervention of heaven is in our favor? God will not forsake a people engaged in so righteous a cause if we remember his loving kindness. Okay. This is awkward. Yeah. (laughs) Is that the Simpsons? Yeah, there's that Simpsons episode where it's like Joan of Arc on one side and then... Oh yeah, and someone else. (laughs) (laughs) Who is she fighting? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't actually. I mean, the, the, I don't know the two leaders, the leaders and, and the Burgundians. No. Like, <laughs> but, yeah, the two leaders. They're sure. like, God is on our side, and the other one's like, God is on our side, and God's like, well, this is awkward. Right, I never thought oh, yeah. you would actually. Dickinson, who's the anti-war guy, is like, are we so sure that God is with us? And Irwin is interjects, and he's like, let me finish the letter from General Washington which says, I firmly believe that God is on our side as long as we are on his. My only request 
is that you seek the counsel of Almighty God and humbly implore his providence in this most solemn task. And Dickinson says, most military men believe that God is with them. It hardly makes them so. More likely, God doesn't care at all about this conflict. I feel like that's probably accurate. Yeah, God's just pissed at all of them. Being idiots. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. God's on the side like, of the indigenous people that they're yeah. that they've all whose land has both been both sides yeah. have just shat on, you know? Yeah. Basically. Well, let's ask ourselves a quick question. Mm-hmm. Why is there a continental army at all? To kill everyone totally. that was there before. Yeah, yeah. yeah this is <laughs> yeah. very this is very important. Yeah. And that George Washington had been a general of this same army like 12 years before or 13 almost anyway several years before yeah when they were fighting in the french indian war which was a war against a coalition of the french and the indigenous people immediately adjoining the 13 colonies Mm -hmm. (laughs) interesting yeah that is never mentioned it's just like oh people yearn to be free and then they took up picked up guns and fought back Yes. But that's not true. No. These are the veterans of a previous war that England had sponsored. Right. Turning around, turning their guns against a different set of soldiers that England had sponsored. Yes, exactly. And that really changes it, I think. Well, does it? Because it was the it was this group of soldiers that wanted this nebulous thing, freedom. Right. I mean, what do they mean by freedom? Yeah. And they say, we want freedom, right? And they talk about you no know, taxation without representation, mm-hmm. right? Because they were being taxed, but they didn't get a say mm-hmm. in the parliament yeah. in England. Yeah. How many, okay. how, but how many people who were like blacksmiths and farmers and everyday people really cared about the taxation regiment, right? Because none of them paid taxes to England. Right. Right. All of them paid taxes to the colonial governments yeah. and the colonies they lived. Yeah. And then they right. forwarded and the, some part, some amount of that. Yeah. And the colony's leadership yeah. was the one that had the issue yeah. with, right. with the taxation. So they were like, regime. hey, if we don't have to give money to England, we could have a whole lot more money. For ourselves. For ourselves. Yeah. And yeah. we could Whoa. become very powerful. Yes. Yeah. And so this But becomes, God. Well, I... It, it goes back to that verse in the Bible where God said, it is better for a rich man to amass as much wealth as possible and oppress as many people as possible to gain ultimate power. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. In, Somewhere in 2nd Because Dickinson is like, likely God doesn't care about this conflict at all. And then Benjamin right. Franklin's like, oh, he cares. The longer I live, yeah. the more convincing proofs I see of this truth, that God governs in the affairs of man. If a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, is it probable that an empire can rise without his aid? Which is very interesting because the British Empire rose. So they're saying like God has now abandoned the British Empire and is with us. And it, he just right. kind of seems to kind of switch sides willy-nilly. It, it's also especially disingenuous for them to depict Franklin as making an impassioned argument for like Christianity when Franklin was himself an avowed deist, right? And deism, deism is something that really does not exist anymore as an idea, but it was the hot shit in the 1700s. How, what is it? Deism. It's like, it's this belief that like God exists, but he like, he, he, the world is like a wind up clock. And so he like put it together and wound it up and is now watching it run. So there's no point in, begging for God to intercede because he's running. You are, we are all, we are all lab rats in his twisted experiment. So it's basically the exact opposite of this. That he Ex- said. <laughs> yes. Benjamin Franklin oh, is famously known for deeply believing the exact opposite that's fun. of what is said here. Yeah. Um, as were most, as were the majority of the men in that room. Deists. Right. Yeah. So they this didn't is, really believe God was on their side. They were like, whatever happens or if they did it was like through like because this is like hardwired into the rules of reality right this is like this is <gasps> this is like worse this is like through the well whatever i'm not saying they believe <laughs> right that. but like but if they did they were like well through our logical understanding of the mechanistic universe 
this is being fair and true and right and in accordance with like natural what they would call natural law right um, which right has a whole bunch of like creepy connotations but yes that's what they would have i think that's more what they would have felt about it have a problem with like an empire can rise without his aid okay so like every say like evil empire empire. yeah 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 is it probable that an empire can rise without his aid so like saying that every single evil empire or like empire that has done bad things is because of god totally is this like is exactly what they're saying here is like they're they're just begging the problem of evil yeah totally in america (laughs) (laughs) yeah we love our american listeners but your country is fucked i mean so is ours (laughs) the west it's not doing great yeah okay so basically dickinson is like okay you guys can vote but i'm out i'm not gonna vote and they vote to be free and independent states. Wait, the someone is is this the is this the declaration? This, does it start here or does it start here? Well, United the de- states the, the, are to be free and the independent word states. Of, yeah, I mean this is this is a gestalt, right? So he says like, yeah, these United States are to be free and independent. It's all from all just the British crown. And then they read the first line. Of the oh, actual yeah. declaration of which is which we, is, we hold, hold these truths to be self-evident yeah. that all men are created not including equal. black people indian and women yeah yeah um and then meanwhile the vote's happening and it passes with 12 to 0 with one abstention from new york then Irwin is taking this news back to new york he's riding and then the horse rears and he falls off his horse and then he wakes up and he's back in the bible room and mr whitaker is oh, like I missed that part. you you hit your head and um they take him to the hospital and he is so excited. He's like, I was at the signing of the Declaration of Independence. It was amazing. And uh, and that's the end. Oh, and you were there, Mr. Whitaker. It's like a... And you were there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a Judy Garland moment. Yeah, yeah. It's Judy Garland moment. Yeah. And then Chris, uh, at the end, is like, a dream just can't compete with real life. Did you know that Washington really did pray for God's guidance every morning and every night? And God heard him too, because in one battle, the general had two horses shot out from under him and four bullet holes in his coat. And yet he still came out of the battle safe and sound. Now that's adventure. I think those stories are apocryphal. (laughs) Are those lies? I mean, I don't, I can't say for certain, but I think in general... I don't there's a lot of mythology about George Washington um like for this story you know the story of the apple tree like he cut down the apple tree and he couldn't lie you know that story no Uh, George Washington yeah there's like there's a myth that George Washington never lied in his entire life what now George Washington (laughs) fun fact about George Washington George Washington at the end of this war is the richest man in the con- on the continent. Oh right. Okay. Why and is he how so did rich? he become the richest man on the <laughs> yeah. entire continent? So we're so when we talk about again the real letter, right? Uh, there was this whole issue with paying the soldiers. How are we going to pay them? How are we going to pay them? We don't have any money to pay them. So George Washington comes up with a scheme. Where he says, "Listen, we'll pay them in land after the war. You do your time. Right. You're going to get an eight. You're going to get like a quarter section of land somewhere in America." And then you can be like a wealthy landlord, farmer, person, whatever. Yeah. So, but there was like, these were big chunks of land. Like these were like, these were like, it was a good package if you got it. Um, and then, so then George Washington, I don't know if it's brother or his brother-in-law, but he hired him to go around to all of the army camps and be like, listen, this is, you, what's that? You got a deed for some land and like, you got a, you got a, you got a chit for some land at the end of the war. That's never going to come through. You believe these idiots are going to do that for you? No. I'll, listen, I'll take it off your hands, that worthless piece of paper. I'll give you a hundred bucks for it. A hundred bucks. I mean, it wasn't a hundred bucks. So that's a huge amount of money. I'll give you five bucks. And they're like, oh, five bucks. I could you know, do a lot with that. So so his brother or brother-in-law, I forget, bought all the chits. And so this enabled George Washington at the end of the war to come out as the single largest landlord. What? Property holder in the entire United States. As God would have wanted. Yeah. <laughs> Freedom wanted for who anyway. to do what. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, 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 but of course, the story about George Washington is that he never told a lie. 
Well, you and, have and to. technically speaking, maybe in this case, <laughs> he just got other people to lie for him. Yeah. yeah. Loophole. He never told a lie. He never told someone that their cooking was good when it wasn't good, or like, you know, <laughs> you look great today. When, you know, like. And then, ha- yeah, tell them they look great today and then go back to them later and say, you know what? Actually, you didn't look great. <laughs> I lied. My conscience was I lied. Would not so guilty. Me. <laughs> I just think this is interesting that, like, God heard Washington's prayer because he was saved from, you know, two short horses shot out from under him and stuff. But, like, what about the, you know, hundreds or thousands of other people that were probably also praying to god who didn't have like who died on the battlefield or whatever like also like the british god and the american god is the same god also that so he it's like he's just fighting again if god is involved in this war he's fighting against himself yeah i mean i guess there's three of him so they could <laughs> God versus Jesus. The Holy Spirit's yeah. watching on the sidelines eating popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> I guess the Americans got Jesus. God, Jesus? Right. Yeah. Well, I think the thing that's interesting is, yeah, also, like, one thing you could say about the command structure of the British Army, universally Christian. Like, you, they're all one religion. They were all Anglican. They were all Church of England. Right. Right. You couldn't, I don't think you could, maybe some Catholics but I'm not even sure about that. Right. Um, These people were uniformly one religion (laughs) or two religions, which, you know, two that are basically the same. Two that are basically the same one. Yeah. Right. Uh, And, and, and the American army had all kinds of wacky, (laughs) wacky doodle beliefs at its highest level of leadership. Um, You know, like, uh, yeah, even at the point, like a lot of them were, you know, like deist, deist Freemason. Okay. Whack jobs. This goes back to my belief in Gnosticism. Because, yeah. like, maybe the power that the Americans were calling on was not the one that they thought they were calling on. Hmm, <laughs> interesting. Hmm. Mm. The angel of light. Yes. It's very beautiful. <laughs> Lucifer, yeah. yeah. Okay. Lucifer Morningstar. Mm-hmm. Cool <laughs> dude. <laughs> Yeah, I like him. I mean, I kind of feel like if Lucifer was in charge of the states, though, it would be a cooler. It would be cooler. It would be a cooler place. Yeah, yeah he, I don't think he would be down with like megachuds. Down with like what? He's a devil, but the kind of devil you like, megachuds. Yeah. It's a like people who wear, who wear mega hats. People who are really into making. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Chuds is chud is an acronym. For, it's from a movie. Like it's cannibal. Humanoid underdweller, I think it's. it's oh, a movie I didn't realize it was like movies. so. Yeah, a very such a strong insult. It, it was it was <laughs> it was coined by Chapo Trap House. Oh, was it? Yeah, which like you know whatever. I I mean I think I don't think any of us would describe ourselves as fans, but they had a large cultural cachet, particularly circa 2016 when all this was going on. Yeah. I was thinking I forgot that Mega was a thing, and I was thinking like Mega the podcast. Oh no! Not like, not like Trump. M A. Smega. It's like, oh right, M-A. that was a thing. That's a thing. Yeah, I forgot. No, I we just highly endorse Mega the podcast. Yes. Okay. So can Should I? Should we? Can we go back to some of those lines that we wanted to talk about? Yeah. Or do you want? I would to really like to talk about the June eighth letter. I'm not going to read it because it's like really three hundred words, super and, long, and it's all like. In my letter of yesterday, which I had the honor of addressing you, <laughs> was, and he wrote to him every day. Uh, I think there's it's probably like a letter they're like him. love letters. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, he's just dear writing John. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> your honey, your honey, money, George. No, sprays I mean, like yeah, a little like, bit of perfume on it when he sends it. Yeah, <laughs> and he like probably rubbed it under his armpit because you're man, yeah. man. I also find there is a resolve of the 3rd of June for taking Indians into service, which I literally construe confines them to that in Canada. Which, if literally construed, confines them to that in Canada. I don't know what this means, but I think it's probably very interesting. He talks a lot. There's actually a lot of... The general be empowered to employ in Canada a number of Indians not exceeding 2,000. 
So basically, that's like to fight the British in Canada. Yeah, they right? want to keep the Canadians busy, and this is this yeah in an affair that's oh, going that's to involve one Miss Laura Secord. But no. <laughs> doesn't she sell chocolates? <laughs> there is a chocolate. There was a chocolate company in Canada called Laura Secord. It's now Purdy's Chocolate. There's still, oh, still yeah. get. Can you still get Laura Secord? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, you asked, but it's named. It's named after. It's named after Canada's like greatest national hero, a woman who like defected from, from the United States, like defected from the colonies to Upper Canada to warn them, that oh. the American, soldiers were like staging an attack. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder why. I don't know. You know. Anyway, at the end of the day, she was loyal to the crown. Okay. And it destroyed her life. And for her trouble, she was given a recompense of like fifty dollars, which was twenty a lot. years later. No, <laughs> I mean not not to have your whole life destroyed. It's not like okay. that's like that's like a lot of money to like right be Fight walking around. Water? That's a lot of money to be walking around with. Okay, but it's not like you know it's like you wouldn't like take ten thousand dollars for like your life destroyed. Yeah, no, yeah, or twenty dollars. Right. Like it's not like yeah, I wouldn't take ten thousand dollars to go to war. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's a good thing there aren't. It's a good thing there's people who aren't like you, so there can be wars. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. But anyway, yeah. So this letter, hmm. the contents of the letter, it's like it's all business, right? There's no mention. The word God does not appear, appear in it once. Jesus does not appear in it once, right? It's hmm. all about like logistics, plans, you know, movement of troops. He's talking about like he mentions the troops in Boston. The Scottish Highlander Regiment, which is in Boston, which is they reference in the episode because like it, they've locked the city down, right? And then he's and then at the end, but most of it is just about him being like, please, I need money, I need tents, I need I need powder, I need shot, right. I I can't work in these conditions, you assholes. <laughs> Give me supplies. Give me money. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this whole, like, I'll I'll read you the postscript on it. P.S. If Congress has come to any resolution about an allowance to induce men to re-enlist, you will please to favor me with it. As the time of rifle regiment, I don't know what that means, is engaged for has just expired. Basically, what I think that means is, like, a bunch of the terms of service for a bunch of men are coming up. And so he has to let them go or continue them. And often, like, you get a signing bonus when you sign up to stay on and he has no money with which to pay them. Right. And one of the things is because the continental Congress is structured as it is, where it's just like a bunch of like, if theoretically 13 independent countries, right. They're, they're not, they're not mm-hmm. making one country. They're not making a new country. They're making a, Euro- a European union, right. With 13 countries in it. Right. Right. And so they, so because of that, then the army can never get money. Because they have to go to like Georgia and be like, Georgia, well, I'll give you a, a thousand, but I don't want to do any more. I'm not worried. The, I'm worried. I'm worried. Pennsylvania is not doing its bit. So you go to Pennsylvania, right. and Pennsylvania, and be like, those go to those assholes in Georgia. I gave you, I gave you two thousand last week, and that's how the whole, like, that's how the war goes. And so this, so and that's this is very important in the life of one Alexander Hamilton, who's a soldier in this, and he climbs the ranks because he. He's Washington's guy, running hither and yon, talking to different corrupt local officials trying to beg for money for the war effort. And he has a nervous fucking breakdown. He actually just, like, starts babbling and going on and needs to, like, go away to a farm for a month. And he goes crazy. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I might be getting the timeline wrong. It might happen earlier. But anyway, but he, anyway, he comes back from it, and he the thing he comes back from his, like, stay in the on the farm that <laughs> uh, he comes back with like the idea for federalism right the idea that america right. should be one country with all of the right. things you know <laughs> and and this is very very important in understanding america because this is the central tension that all of their politics subsequently flow from even today even today yeah yeah, yeah. yeah right the idea that the, the concern about big government Right, or that the central, like that the central government, in states' right. rights, is always right. invoked. Right, and so there's this issue that in the in the in the founding documents, no one was articulating the idea of one country. 
right? Right. 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 Everyone's... But also, you you can't do any of the things that the U.S. subsequently did in terms of reaching the other ocean, <laughs> you know, going down to right. <laughs> like becoming geographically, you know, doing any of the things they do without it, right? Can't build roads. Right. You can't have an army. You can't fight a war. You can't do shit like that, yeah. right? And this is <laughs> so. This has been the tension. And the other on the other side, there's a guy called Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson, right? And Jefferson, you know, Jefferson becomes president and he governs to this principle for his tenure and nearly destroys the country. He bankrupts it. The Navy's in complete decline. It's all collapsing. Oh, he governs to which principle? The principle of like independence of the states. Right, yeah. And he like right, dissolves, gotcha. like there's no revenue gathering. The whole central government collapses. This is a long digression. Yeah. yeah. But the, the big point of which is Washington didn't give a fuck about what anyone believed because no. for Washington, Washington was making the grand gamble on becoming the richest man on the continent. Right. That's was his game. Yeah. I, I mean, that tracks with what I understand as the ethos of America. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. He was pulling the biggest grift ever and he was putting it all on the line for it. And so to so, turn around and to be like, what a godly man, what a good man. <laughs> yeah. This is, it's interesting to me because sometimes pastors or Christians will say things about how the church was founded, was a Christian nation when it was founded, and it's fallen so far from how it was originally founded. But if you understand the people that founded like Washington and how, how they actually functioned, it actually hasn't fallen it's not changed at, much at all it's literally yeah. the same yeah it, it's it everything's working like a christian nation and well and arguably the thing that they all evoke back to the 1950s is the exact op they are more now what they should have been and the part when they think they were the best in 45 what? world war ii and then after world war ii when they had the big economic boom those were all the times of strong centralism, a federal United States, of broad, right. well, it tapers off towards the end, but like a broad state secularism, right, of, of, of state welfare, right. of, you know, yeah. Tennessee Valley Authority, <laughs> you know, food stamps and all these things that they hate, all these things they associate with totalitarianism. So what is it? Oh, that's interesting. Right? Yeah. What is it? What is it that makes America great? Is it, is it being, is it? authenticity to its decentralized um, commitment to regional governments or is it right. the emphasis on federalism because they want both things it's freedom Stephen. it's freedom that makes america great <laughs> whatever will make the richest more rich that's true at a yeah. given time yeah except when it isn't because <laughs> there are times there are times when they get their when it's all going to shit, it's all falling apart. And I think we're maybe seeing this a little bit with Biden, right? Where Biden's like, okay, yes, you get checks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you get checks. Uh, you get the, vac the vaccine. We we, you get the vaccine. We're not mm -hmm. going to quit. We're not going to quit fucking around trying to run a bigger grift here. Uh, <laughs> we're going to maybe make this country work a little. Right. Because mm -hmm. they need to do that, or they will not survive. Yeah, right. You cannot. You cannot survive uh, having a whole country. You can't. You don't make it to almost three hundred years with on being a series of progressively larger grifts. <laughs> Eventually, you have to try. Mm -hmm. Seriously, yeah. And, and that, if you want to say that's the genius of America, <laughs> is its ability to is it? <laughs> but 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 they're edging itself. it. They're just edging it so constantly. Pull it back from the brink at the last possible minute. Yeah. So you could say independence hasn't quite come yet. Yeah, I was thinking, that's uh, totally what I was thinking. Thank you. We got there. Like there's I knew when I said edging. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> that was my first thought too. But but eventually you're gonna go over. Like eventually you're gonna eventually Explode. when you explode. Yeah, it's gonna blow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you gotta wait. How long? <laughs> Who knows? It's history. <laughs> it's different for each period. country. <laughs> <laughs> it may never come back. 
<laughs> Want to go back through some of the highlighted sections? Um, this idea this... that God really does rule countries and he is yeah. in control of everything that happens in them, happens to them. I mean, America does um, America. Uh, many Americans do believe that God rules their country. I don't know what that means. Like, what does that mean? Because, okay, here's my thing. Um, Obama gets in to, Obama becomes president. Mm -hmm. Christians are convinced he is the Antichrist. Okay. God. Yep. So is God, God, I guess God is not ruling their country anymore. Like the Antichrist is ruling their country. And then Trump gets in and now God's in control again. And now Biden's there. And now God's not in control anymore because it wasn't their guy, you know? Yeah. So I don't really, I, I actually don't really understand what it means. Well, that's, it's a very interesting problem, isn't it? But I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like if you believe yeah. God rules your country, then you believe that whoever is in leadership was put there by God. Don't you? Exactly. Okay. No. Yeah. See, God, no? God rules your country when the God fearing make it so right and you god has a plan and god's plan will ultimately on the long arm of history be fulfilled but it can take diversions bad people can come into power bad things can happen you can deviate from the plan by you the faithful being asleep at the wheel right you can cause there to be back like you can cause it to backfire or be delayed hmm cares I mean, Erwin does say God does rule countries and he is in control of everything that happens to them. And this is, so is the he line that I heard. Sometimes, or... This is the line I heard growing up, right? Yeah, me Except, too. Yeah. Like here, but, you know, and... if someone, if a non-conservative gets voted in, then all the Christians are like, oh no, that's not what God wanted. Uh, you know, this even person, though, even though gonna, the... yeah what they're going to make they're going to put rules in place so that gay kids aren't persecuted at schools god wouldn't like that you know like i don't How know what dare the fuck. they yeah yeah <laughs> yeah no i, I know yeah i mean i can't yeah. keep up to the whining from from but, one thing to the next but you see sometimes for god's plan to be fulfilled bad things have to happen yeah right and so this is so this thing right, right because there's ultimately this like thing about personal agency I think this is my read on it, like, and how people reconcile, like you, you, the believer sitting in your home, bad people are in charge of America. You allowed this to happen. What will you do? What will you do to stop the King George the third of your time? Okay. I I think, I mean, I think you're right. I think this is the manipulation tool and tactic that is used, but I, it still does not explain what it means for god to be in control of every aspect of a country yeah because it succumbs to the problem because it begs the question of the problem of evil well, that's exactly. where they fail every yeah. time <laughs> which, which have we just have you discussed the problem of evil no not not explicitly not really yet it hasn't come up organically um you know there there will be episodes where it's like very explicit so those will be fun yeah. For those who don't know, the problem of evil is just how can God be all powerful and all good and bad things happen? Yeah. It's well, a tough according problem. according to a walk to remember, mm-hmm. um, that great biblical tra- tract. Yeah. <laughs> treatise on the Bible. Without yes. suffering, there would be no compassion. Mm. Yeah. So that's a that's a theodicy. So in order, yeah, in yeah, order but... for us to, because some people need to feel compassion, so other people have to be made to suffer, so they can feel compassion, so that other people can, they feel can learn compassion. to feel the compassion they need for the people who suffer. Yeah, who suffer so they can learn compassion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this, yeah, it, yes. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and so goes theodicy. And again, theodicy is just a word for any effort to answer the problem of evil. Yeah. Um. Okay. And they all basically work the same way, as we just described. Yes, it is. <laughs> okay. If you have an answer, dear listener, for the problem of evil, we'd love to hear your take on it. Uh, tweet us or 
message us on Instagram. Yes, please. At yes, Ideology the Odyssey. Yes. Any and any and all suggestions are welcome. <laughs> Wrong yeah. answers only, exactly. I'm just yeah. like I'm concerned that someone who's really into theology will listen and then send us like just an impenetrable oh man message yeah. of Yeah. <laughs> um okay, I want to go then to the thing Adam says about of what concern is the size of the enemy have we forgotten the remarkable interventions of heaven in our favor god will not forsake people engaged in so righteous a cause if we remember his loving kindness okay what was a righteous cause that god did forsake israel pop quiz historic historical israel (laughs) arguably (laughs) Um, I mean, God says, God says, I'm handing you over to the Babylonians. And then God says, oh, I'm handing you over to the Persians. Yeah. Oh, but I'm I guess handing like, you over to the Macedonians. True. Oh, I'm handing you over to the Romans. Well, uh, the, the Ptolemies. Oh. I guess the key line here is if we remember his loving kindness, because God always like fucked over the Israelites whenever they were kind of starting to forget, you know, they were starting to like stray from the ways he had placed out for them time for you to be subjugated time for yeah so that i can rescue you later and you can remember how great i am so again that's like very abusive and manipulative yeah it is and karis has a read on yeah i want to i want to hear so okay i just have a personal experience with this kind of um growing up i realized this recently actually but growing up i had this um kind of belief that was like i i call it i'm I'm putting it in my memoir but i call it the uh thankfulness loophole that if you're thankful enough god will never take anything away from you or you know like growing up i had this this idea of like if i was thankful for everything that i had god would never take any of it away or you know, if I appreciated my family enough, God would never do anything bad to them. Or like, like I had this whole theory around like, you know, if I appreciated that I could walk, God would never take my legs away. Or if I appreciated that I could breathe, you know, like different things like that, where it was like, but if I'm thankful for everything, I won't like, it was like, it's funny because it's really twisted and also in my own way, it was kind of manipulative of like, but I can trick God into not doing anything bad to me by just being thankful. <laughs> but also then that's like so much weight on you because what if so something totally. happened and then you'd be like, oh, I wasn't, you I know, wasn't something yeah. you weren't thankful for. It's something you hadn't thought about. Right. Right. Were you thankful you know, for your digestive system? Because that's probably I why it's not. so fucked and up right now. It's, yeah. Yep. That's <laughs> why so it's a nightmare. But it's also from like, um, I pulled it also from like movies that you watch, you know, where like the main character is like a football player, but he's also a huge asshole. And so then God, or I mean, not God, but like in the in the show, he like tears his rotator cuff or whatever. And like, here's the ECL or whatever. And then he can never play football again. But he was such an asshole before that it was like he got what he deserved and now he's a really nice person. Like, you know, and it was like, but if I'm a really nice person to begin with, God won't do that to me. I mean, I think that is like a very logical conclusion to come to. Right? Yeah. So I That's so much smarter I, than, than anything I <laughs> came up with. If you believe that the universe is governed according to narratological tropes you would be right. correct yeah you would yeah. be correct <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> so when i so when i see this like remember his loving kindness that's what i think of is like when i was growing up that i just like and it was kind of a subconscious thing it wasn't like i was really intentionally all the time like oh i have to be thankful for this or god's gonna take it away but it was like every now and then i would just think of like oh i haven't been really appreciative about this thing i need to work better on that you know like anyway and was that, did that like come out in your prayers? Was it like, God, I'm so thankful for these things? Or was it like, how did Probably. you show appreciation? Oh, okay. Yeah, usually it would just be like a quick like prayer to God of like, thank you for this thing. I'm sorry that I haven't been more thankful for it. <laughs> you know, with the subtext of please don't take it away from me. <laughs> yeah, I really like it. <laughs> please don't send me to hell. Fear brings gratitude. 
<laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> As is true for uh, Christians, so too it is for yoga Instagram influencers. <laughs> who essentially believe the same thing, right? Hmm, like yeah. if you cultivate, you cultivate openness and gratitude towards the universe, good things will flow to you if your family... The secret. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there is it's, definitely a lot of the secreting in Christianity. Well, and if you read the secret, <laughs> who does she cite? Who? Well, she. I didn't she, read. Did she you read cites, it? Yeah, because well, she cite she cites that the secret is Gnostic knowledge passed down from the Christian fathers. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So she like huh. she so like she she like appropriates Gnosticism. Interesting. She, she says that the true secret. I mean, she says the true secret of Gnosticism, which is not the secret <laughs> it's not the idea of manifesting the things you want but rather like a rather opaque point about triune divinity or it's the lack of triune divinity <laughs> but you know but she says that yeah the gnostic secret was her method basically so she links it to christianity from meet from immediately go i mean it's very prosperity gospel yes i think yeah. she weirdly cross-pollinated back probably into christianity like i think she like i think she like took a twist like she got like something to it i think she got something twisted out of christianity that was already deformed warped it a little bit more and then and then it went back into the church you know through right. like joel olstein or whatever um, well i mean joel olstein is like a modestly responsible one of these he's not the worst offender because he's often like he's not like give me an offering <laughs> I know, but he's also not not like He's that. also not not doing that. And also, all the churches were opening up as, like, shelters. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was there a flood? Yeah. During, yeah what yeah. was it? There was some the kind of, like... Yeah, yeah okay, during the hurricane. Back in, remember when all those hurricanes lined up and successively kicked the shit out of the United States in 2017? Yes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but missed Florida? I mean, but didn't actually miss Florida, but, like... Trump drew a thing and was like, they came here and here, but they didn't come here. Because yeah, <laughs> like, Mar-a-Lago, yeah, Mar-a-Lago was not her hit, yes. Uh, right, uh, yeah. Truly a sign of <laughs> Puerto Rico is still destroyed. Oh my god. Oh. I haven't even thought it's like it's not, it's it okay. hasn't been in the news. He handed out toilet paper. Yeah. Fine. Dear god. There. The debauched operating base of Jeffrey Epstein was preserved, but the very, very Catholic land of Puerto Rico was decimated. Ooh, yeah. Again, I'm going to hazard a guess that the cosmic being in control of their country might not be the one that they think it is. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, Candace, you were saying about Joel Osteen and the... Okay, so their church... Flood. All the all the churches were opening up to like allow people to stay there right. to shelter right. there, and they stayed closed. They have like yep. a huge, huge building. Yeah, it's like a stadium. It is a stadium. People. Yeah, um, they had like this much flooding or something in it, and they're like, no, they didn't have any flooding in it, didn't they? I thought they got a little bit. And that, oh, that was his excuse. I thought that was his excuse. No, his excuse But then, like, was, pictures came out. Oh, we didn't realize that, pe- that we were what? allowed to do this or something dumb. Oh, my God. They initially said it's about the health department. They yeah. Like, yeah. Big government. They, they, they did the classic Texas, def- Texas defense, where you say, big government, what you gonna do? Now, government right. stopping me from helping people with all these laws and regulations and say I can't hand people salmonella. On a paper right. plate. <laughs> anyway, I feel like Joel Osteen is, well, I was going to say is like very off topic, but is actually like the pinnacle of the American dream. He's the Washington method for sci-fi. <laughs> yeah. 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 So he I is a like... Christian in the, in the Washingtonian <laughs> um, tradition. <laughs> that feels like a good note to end this episode on. <laughs> independence came did it ever came so hard <laughs> so hard <laughs> um and birthed seated i guess and then I, i'm not sure who the woman is in this in this metaphor the land itself mother nurtured, nature nurtured yeah. and birthed uh joel osteen which was <laughs> you know america has arrived 
Mad I feel lads. like that's such a good. The end. The um, end. Steven, yeah. anything you want to plug? Yes, I want to plug my podcast, Androids and Assets. And I also really want to plug my other show, the Adventures in Ideology Patreon content, <laughs> to which I'm a regular <laughs> contributor. So there, I, I'm, Candace and I recorded a companion. So one of the big things that we didn't talk about at all in this episode, I think, did we mention wigs? We mentioned but, wigs. But this you is really it. integral. We didn't talk about liberalism. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't get to it here. But liberalism, this is really also, it's not just the story of Christianity, but it's also the story of liberalism. And the weird way those two things are intertwined that you wouldn't think about, but it's very real. My goal is that this can be something we kind of walk through in that. So if you're subscribed to the Patreon, you're going to get this kind of parallel walkthrough of what liberalism is in its development as a political ideology and how that parallels with what goes on in like Christian conservatism. And it might take you to some interesting places, I'm hoping. Yeah, subscribe to our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Adventures in Ideology. Five bucks a month. Yeah. $5 a month for killer content. That's and, right. And androidsandassets.ca for all of the science fiction content that you're not getting from this show. This point yeah. pretty light. We're gonna get there. There's gonna be some more sci-fi and content. If you if you want to listen to us on Androids and Assets, we were on there recently you for were, an episode, yeah. so that was right. really fun. We got to talk about Star Trek, a subject that Karis and I don't know very much about. So it was really no. fun because I got to ask a whole bunch of questions that they weren't expecting, <laughs> and we, it triggered some weird conversations. It's a, it's a fun <laughs> listen. It is a fun listen. Yeah. But you are coming back again, right? Because we're going to talk about... CyberQuest? Uh, yes. When, Sigmund Brower, when is that happening? I'm excited for that. Our favorite local Red Deer Christian author has a sci-fi Young adult series. series. Yeah, that we are going to... Yep. We're going to go and talk about the first book. Thanks for listening. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Ideology Podcast. Follow us. Tweet at us. Send us your thoughts. We love hearing from you. And until next time. Bye. Bye.